see, do you know anything about witches? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and joining me, as always, is the ever-quotable Jay. Bad luck isn't brought by broken mirrors, but by broken minds. Also, a very good book. And the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Hi. And <laughs> if you can't tell from uh, Jay's opening, we are covering the 1977 classic Suspiria by Dario Argento. But before we get into that, we're going to go around and see how everyone is doing. Jay, how you doing? What you been up uh, to? I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, working a shit ton. Uh, I started Hunter Hunter, which isn't really horror related, but we all like anime and I've been flying through everything that Netflix has on that. Isn't that Hunter X Hunter or a Hunter Times Hunter? Uh, so that's how it's spelled out, but um, when the characters pronounce the title, they just say Hunter Hunter. They don't ever say the X. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. But whatever, that's pretty fun. Uh, all the characters are really clever, so it's less about uh, power levels and smashing things than it is about uh, using the abilities they do have in clever ways. So I kind of like that. Okay, fair enough. Kenneth, what about you? Um, I am currently trying to figure out whether this is the sweet tea that I was drinking earlier, and uh, I've been watching <laughs> the Golden Girls lately. <laughs> what do you mean if it's the sweet tea you've been drinking earlier? Like, is it the same cup or, like, a different brand? Uh, it's Gold Peak sweet tea, but I've never, like... I drink so much Gold Peak sweet tea here lately that I'm surprised that uh, my kidneys are not screaming. And um, I don't know whether this is the same bottle. Oh, okay. You're trying to figure out if you're on your second bottle. Yeah. Mm. And I think this is the... I think this is, Well, fuck it. If it ain't, there's nothing fucking cloudy floating around in it, so screw it. If it makes you feel any better, I'm on my third cup of coffee for today. I ain't carb-free. Yeah, fake sugar is in it. Good Ugh. stuff. Stevia? Mm. Uh, I don't know, just some kind of fake sugar. I got this fucking, uh, somebody gave me these, this oatmeal, like maple and brown sugar, or mm. whatever the fuck it is, but it doesn't actually have sugar in it. It's got stevia in it. Yeah, yeah. but it's still loaded with fucking carbs. That's oh, yeah, but it's still, the stevia, I don't know how I feel about stevia. Anyway, welcome to the No Carbs Podcast. Well, that's what I, that's the reason why I, if I sound any more energetic, it's because all day I have been eating small meals and trying to stick away from carbs. So at this current moment, I've got so much energy, especially since I drank like the two things of Gold Peak Sweet Tea. So no carbs earlier and then all that fucking sugar that's in that. I am ready to go. Yeah, you gotta stay away from the sugar too, though. I know, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's like health food and then a shit ton of sugar at night. Woo, let's get going. <laughs> Alright, um, and as for me, um, health update, I think I have a hernia, it hurts, but I'm here because I have an addiction to podcasting, and, uh, I recorded a guest spot on the Exploding Hits podcast, I recorded a guest spot on the Married with Children podcast early this morning, and, uh, the, and... Before this episode comes out, you'll get a April Fool's episode that is the Trancers Trilogy with me, Kenneth, and Alex that we were supposed to do at some point over the past two years and never got around to doing it. We finally did it. It's out there. You can listen to it. And I know you're like, well, fuck that, Jerry. I don't want to watch y'all talk about some full moon sci-fi bullshit. 
go fuck yourself. They're actually really good, and you would enjoy them. They were great movies. I, uh, I was very happy to watch them, especially after I got done with the first one. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of them. You, you totally should, dude. It's good. You, you, you would like so. them. You would like them for sure. Um, That's not the one where the guy's head explodes, right? No, that was Scanners. That's right. Yeah, I didn't like Scanners. What? I like Scanners. Really? Yeah, I had to... Uh, I didn't watch none of the rest of them, but the first one was good. Add that to the list of horror movies Jay doesn't like, even though he should. Hey, we just hey, how about we start a segment and scanners? I got an idea. Let's start a segment. You know, we've got Jerry hates action. Let's start a segment of Jay hates horror. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we already have like an ongoing. I know, right? (laughs) We we already have an ongoing show with Jay with us making him watch pre. 1980s horror movies we've just started specifically with Universal but we also want to make him watch Hammer and stuff also yeah yeah we'll get to Hammer I'm actually excited <laughs> those. yeah so uh, but we're doing a pre 1980 movie today and an Italian movie and uh, I've, I've been on a huge Italian kick lately I even watched uh, four, fly, four Flies on Grey Velvet today which is by the same director as Suspiria. It was his third movie. Part of his uh, Animal Giallo trilogy. Um, what do we have to talk about before we get into this? Uh, if you didn't hear, uh, Mark Hamill is now the voice of Chucky. Which was a great move by the Chucky people. Because no one gave a shit about that movie. And now yeah. all of a sudden <laughs> everyone cares. Dude, even people who are like, no Brad, no Chucky, are like, oh, fucking Mark Hamill, I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, fuck, Joker's gonna do it? All right, I'm in. Is that for the new TV show? No, that's no, for the new movie. No, Brad is still gonna be for the TV show. This is for the Child's Play reboot, a remake with uh, Aubrey Plaza. Audrey? Aubrey. One of those two names. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, has anything else? Um, I know me and Jay saw Us. I give it two yeah. thumbs up. So Jay good. gave it two I, thumbs up. We I can't really, really talk about it because Kenneth hasn't seen it. Yeah. Um, That's right. But you should go see it because it's it's really good. People out there who yes. are listening who probably have already seen it. It's really good. Um, okay. Uh, can anyone think of anything else we need to talk about before we get into Suspiria? Cool. I don't oh. Think so. I remembered something. Hey, guys, in case you didn't know, we are on the Legion Podcast Network, and there's tons of good shows out there for you to check out, like Hero Hero Go Show, which covers all some fucking Asian flicks. Um, You've got great shows like Hail Ming Power Hour, if you needed a a show that takes its name from Flash Gordon and basically has the humor of Flash Gordon. Um... And there's tons of shows. I'm going to start mentioning some shows every show. If I seem a little off, it's, like I said, I'm in pain. So get over it. Don't fucking judge me. Okay? You dick. I'm pointing at my screen and it's not doing anything because no one can see my screen or me, for that matter. This is bullshit. Uh, I would love a Percocet. Got one? Yeah. Alright, let me drive up here. I might do that when I get off work tomorrow. We'll yeah. see what happens. Um, I, I work like all fucking week, so. That don't mean that I can't just drive to Sam's Club and say, "Open your mouth and fucking throw it in there," and then damn, you know, we can I can leave and come back home, and then Reese can tell me all about it later. 
That is true. I can't argue with those facts. Okay. So, here we go, guys. Suspiria from 1977. Rated R. Hour and 38 minutes long. Rated a 7.5 on IMDb. Uh, shame on you, IMDb. An American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amid a series of grisly murders. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> Okay, um, so obviously I've seen this movie multiple times. Jay, you said this is the first time you've seen the whole movie because you had only seen yep. like, the intro. Yep, turns out I've only seen up to that uh, the point where the first chick gets killed and thrown up through the ceiling. Alright, uh, and Kenneth, this is your second time watching it? Think so. Think so. Don't you don't have good memory of watching it the first time. What you saying? I probably fell asleep. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. I mean, I, I, most of the time when I've watched this movie, except for today, I've been half asleep. So I didn't make it through it. But today, it was great. You know, it is kind of a <laughs> a good a good movie to fall asleep though, because it already has kind of like a dreamlike state through the whole the movie. Music the music is great. Like if you just to shut up to listen to the music, that, that's good falling asleep music. Goddamn right, man. And it plays over and over again on the menu in the collector's edition, and it's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yes, by the way, guys, if you do not have the Synapse uh, release of Suspiria, I highly recommend you get it because it's a 4K restoration of this film. It looks absolutely beautiful. In fact, even though it's a 4K restoration, it's on a regular Blu-ray, it looks better than every single one of my 4K Blu-rays. And then you don't have to try and torn it three different times and find the right one. <laughs> I don't think I got that joke. I it, it, I downloaded three different versions before I found one that was the one. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? We don't download movies. Oh, hush. Everyone knows that we do. <laughs> I don't. Innocent. I don't, I don't actually do the downloading. Actually, you do. You download it from the Google Drive after one of us put it in there. You're still downloading. I don't do the... <laughs> Well, it, I guess, yeah, you're right. Quit trying to make yourself seem innocent in this uh, no, fuck yourself. casket uh, factory we have going on. <laughs> casket factory. That's oh. it. We're making our own Blu-ray label, Casket Factory. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> now I'm just thinking of, like, what kind of movies, like, would you like to buy a Blu-ray from Casket Factory? <laughs> we have everything you need. We mostly just sell bootleg copies of Della Morte, Della Morte. Alright. And stuff from horrorporn.com. Horrorporn.com. <laughs> All okay. the shipping baskets are little caskets. Yeah, alright. So, uh, I guess before we do this, uh, I'm going to give it to Jay since it was his first time watch. Jay, give us your, 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 your feelings after watching... All right, so here's my overall feelings, and this is the second Argento movie that I've watched because we did opera last time. Yes. Um, so first, we'll start with the positives. So all of the death scenes are really cool, uh, especially that first, the opening one. The lady's face is getting smashed into the window by that big, burly, hairy arm that shouldn't even be there because it's outside a two-story building. Um, witch. Yeah, yeah, magic witches. Uh, the colorization of the movie is fantastic. Uh, the music and the way that they mixed um, the chants, I assume, of the witches. I don't know. I didn't hey. really dive deep into this, but uh, 
that you know when they think wait don't go in there whatever the whatever was going on it's so uh, crazy because you sometimes can't tell if that's like the sound is that right. the score of the movie that the actors are not supposed to hear or if they are supposed to hear that like right. you have the whole I movie you're signing you're kind of trying to figure that out the whole time yeah so i love that um the acting was good um but some of the dialogue like i i'm deciding that argento maybe not be the best writer when it comes to just character interactions because anything that didn't really have anything to do with the main plot just was was very boring and so, not entertaining in any way obviously this movie is not very story driven but there is a key thing that i did learn that uh, will kind of answer why the dialogue is kind of terrible in some scenes. So, uh, here, when him and his his wife at the time, um, uh, fuck, Nicola, how do I pronounce her damn name? Um, Daria Nicolati. When they wrote this... Uh, this is our uh, No, don't call her that. She will get very upset. <laughs> Uh, Dario wanted the everyone in this movie to be children. He wanted them to be like twelve. Um, so when Fox was like, "You can't do that. Make them adults or make them teenagers or something like that. Make them older." He never changed any of the dialogue to reflect that they were now older, which can definitely be seen in the uh, scene with like. Sarah and Olga when Olga's like, I hear that people whose names start with an S are snakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously that's some shit kids would say. Um, so he just never changed the dialogue. But he did do something interesting, which you will probably have to look for next time you watch. Next time you watch, look at all the doorknobs. All the doorknobs are way higher on the door than they should be. Huh. To make everyone else seem smaller. That's funny. Yeah, I will have to. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to give that a look. But yes, uh, dialogue in this movie not not really the best. A lot of it does come off as very just kind of uh, childish, and that and that's why. So continue. So that that's pretty much my that's my overall views. It's just the dialogue. Some of the dialogue is the only thing I really had a problem with. Um, everything else was, was really good. All right. I was really happy with it. The story was good and original. The deaths were fun and entertaining. Yeah. Uh, the scenery so, was beautiful. The story actually comes from Daria Nicolotti's um, grandmother, who claims to have went to a dance school in Germany and left because she thought that it was being ran by witches. Um... So there you go. There's there's that weird fucking thing. Kenneth, what did you think of Suspiria this time that you actually stayed awake? Um, and I, let me clarify. I don't want to say the fact that I've, I fell asleep that it was a negative. Um, the first time that I'm going through this for the show is that I was very bored. I actually was, but also, like I said, I think that attributed to the fact that I was tired to begin with. And so when I went back and I watched it again today before we before we got online, um, it was actually much better. And the visuals are stunning, I have to say. The 
everything for the set design for the for the way the colors go together and stuff like that it was beautiful um the voiceover acting was terrible especially especially for the for the two the two ladies that were dying at the beginning you know the first the first two kills the one with with the glass falls down and shit like that the the voice especially for that lady running around that damn place trying to get people to open the door yeah. it was fucking awful i mean awful but overall it, it i i thought it was an interesting story um it kind of reminded me of other things that i've watched um there's a movie that uh, this kind of reminded me of that i'm gonna get you guys to watch and we're gonna do jerry's heard me talk about it before uh, but I'm gonna I'm get y'all to watch it, and you know I'm gonna force y'all to watch it, and we're gonna do a podcast on a movie called Psychomania. Um, and uh, so it kind of reminded me of that. Um, I really, but the visuals is what does it, and and the way that a lot of times when y'all were talking about the score, there's a lot of spots where the score lines up perfectly with the way shit is going on. And like specifically when the American girl gets to the dance place and the other girl runs out into the storm and you see her in the woods and stuff like that. And then the light kind of shines through the woods and all of a sudden you hear witch at the same time that the light shines through. That was awesome. I mean, that was perfect. Was Yeah, Goblin did an amazing job on this score. I actually would download this and listen to it. They actually (laughs) tore this soundtrack. Like they yeah, will go around because, huh. and they've done a lot of Dario Argento soundtracks. Like they they've this, this done fantastic. This one's fantastic. I fucking love it. That was I'd have to say that was probably my favorite part of the of the entire movie was the fucking score. It was it was it was awesome. And uh, there were there were definitely spots. There were just the main the main fucking music is just amazing to me. There's just something about it. It's 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 eerie. But at the same time, it's pleasurable to the to the ear. You know, if that makes sense. Where it's not unnervingly eerie, it's just eerie. Right. You yeah, know? it has this mystical feel about it that when you're listening to it, you love it. But at the same time, there's a part of you that doesn't quite understand it. It has that magic feel to it. Right. You know, like, like it, it, to me, it's something that I feel like that... In certain instances, if I were to hear it, it'd be something that a demon would be using to lure me. Because in the back of my head, deep in my soul, I would know there was something wrong about the music. But at the same time, I couldn't stop myself because of how beautiful it is. That's what it reminds me of. I really, really dig it. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that. I, I am not much for soundtracks uh, or even noticing scores in movies. This has a score you cannot ignore. It is just as much a part of the movie as the color scheme and the cinematography in this movie. Because this movie is such a visual and audio thing. Like it, it, What it lacks in an actual story, it makes up for in, in atmosphere and cinematography. Like We're going to go over a couple of scenes and, and some of them just will blow you the fuck away. Yeah, the audio is a character in itself. Yes, 100%. So, uh, I'll go over... Uh, obviously, I love this movie. Um, I've been wanting to do it on this. Um, it's not my favorite Dario Argento movie, but it is in my top three. Um, Tenebrae is my favorite Dario Argento movie. Then probably Suspiria. 
And then Bird with the Crystal Plumage, I think. Well, out of the two I've seen, I like this one the most. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is way better than Opera. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to not gonna go down the, that route. Um, and this is, of course, a part of the Three Mother trilogy, where in the 80s he did uh, the sequel called Inferno. And then in the 2000s, he finally did the third one, which was called Mother of Tears. Uh, and we were all disappointed in it. But we got to see Aja's tits. So, yeah, I guess titties. that's good. I mean, so, he films oops, his daughter. He, I mean, he films his daughter naked a lot. I don't know why, but he does. Might be why Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Not sure. <laughs> Probably. I, I have a question about the dubbing that Kenneth hates so much. Yes. Uh, so when we were talking, while I was trying to find the right version, you were telling me that uh, how these movies are filmed. At one point, um, and I can't remember the specific scene, but the uh, Susie, right? She was being talked to by the lady, and their mouths synced up perfectly with the okay. dub. And so... it wasn't... It wasn't, it wasn't like dub mouth. Like it was like as if they were speaking English. This movie actually does use some onset audio. So when they do these movies, um, they obviously record audio, but a lot of times they just know they're overdubbing the scene. So they're not going to stop the guy who's building on the set from across <laughs> the way. Uh, right. literally some of them, like there are interviews where like people like, uh, you know, the chick who plays Susie, um, Jessica Harper, she will tell you like, I'm sitting there doing my scene and there's just a guy hammering away on the set or the scene where she's talking to the, um, the professor who knows all about witches, all of it. He talks in German. Literally, that scene is filmed weird because as soon as he's done talking, he pulls on her clothing so she knows when to respond with her lines. Huh. So, but this movie did use some on-scene um, audio, which is pretty rare. Because um, usually, they while they do record all the audio, it's more so they like kind of like having the script there they go okay yeah these were the lines you said so you can say i'm just like this because it'll help match it up better for when they are speaking their language for their audience but like i said some people you'll watch on here and you'll be like they're definitely uh dubbed you can obviously tell and then some others you can't so yes most italian movies are always pretty much dubbed after the fact but this one did use some on on set dialogue um which i believe i mean hell that whole front of the the tons dance academy they built all of that it's a complete replica of that's dope yeah that's a complete replica uh they built the shit out of that it's awesome so this movie... uh, by the way talking about the dubbing um uh, the da, 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 da. when she's out there and right before she talks to the old guy about the witches, the younger guy that she talks to that introduces her to the old guy. Yeah, we've seen him in several movies. Oh shit, really? Like, yeah, he was in he was in uh, da, 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 da. he was in Blade. Uh, he was the one that um, the younger guy in the first Blade pulled his teeth out because he was like the runner of the of all the people. He was in that. Yeah, the character's name is Frank <laughs> in the movie. Hang on, just one minute. I don't. Because 
Because, yeah, he's been in, dude, he's been in a bunch of stuff. But y'all keep going. I'm going to look this up. Right, give me a sec. All right, cool. So, um, the beginning of this movie is great. You have uh, Susie Bannon coming out of an airport, trying to get a taxi. It's raining. The rain looks, um, every time it rains in this movie, it just looks so good. It looks amazing. Um, she gets a taxi. She shows up to the dance academy. And there is a girl, Patricia, who is at the front door, obviously distressed, yelling at someone. Um, and then she slams the door and then takes off into the woods. And you have this great scene of, of her running through the woods. And like Kenneth said earlier, there's a lightning flash that says which. There's also, it's really hard to catch. Um, I, I only saw it because someone pointed it out to me and I have the Blu-ray so I can catch it on there. Uh, there are reflections of knives in the trees. Oh, that's damn, man. I should have asked you what to look for before I watched it. That's um, cool. Yeah, like I listen, I actually listened to both commentary tracks today. For Because uh, the Blu-ray Kenneth and I have has two commentary tracks. In fact, Kenneth, you don't have the special edition, so I don't know if yours comes with a soundtrack. Mine comes with a soundtrack. No, because mine's the three disc steel case. Yeah, mine mine isn't that. Where the fuck is the box? You because you got the Joel artwork that I have. Yeah. I have uh, in my living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a Joel. You're a Joel. Also, congratulations yeah. to uh, Joel Robinson. Um, not only is he getting married, but they're having a kid, and we love Joel. He does fantastic artwork. Congratulations. Yeah, he's, he's fucking cool, man. I love seeing him at fucking. Uh, damn conventions and shit. Every time I go, I try to get something signed and get a new T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, going back to that dude I was talking about, his name is uh, it. Uh, it looks like it's pronounced Udo Kier, the guy that played. Oh Frank. yeah, he's in everything. He's been in 263 movies according to IMDb. Uh, Jerry, didn't you see Puppet Master Louis Reich? Yes. He played Andre Toulon in that. I wonder. Uh, oh, oh, at the beginning of the movie, like yes. Man. He's always the. If, oh, if a movie excellent. needs a bad German, he's he's it. Oh, he did fantastic in Puppet Master: The Lilith Reich. Yeah, he was in Lords of Salem. Da, 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 and I'm just scrolling through for shit that we all may know. Like I said, he was in Blade. Damn, there's so many fucking movies here. He was in he was in Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah, if he's in one Rob Zombie movie, I assume he's in at least seven. <laughs> he was in one of the Master of Horror things. He was in that Travesty Blood Rain movie. Uh, da, da, da. Right, he so was in. He did a voice in the in uh, the Batman TV series from 2004. Okay, so he's been in a lot of shit. He's, he's got a dope. lot of shit. He's dope. So Fear.com. I do love Fear.com. Uh, That's why I had to say it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just noticed this. I forgot. I had forgotten when I pulled this box down for Suspiria. I've got Joel's autograph on this. I know, cause you got the fuck. Out. See, mine doesn't have his artwork on there, but since I have that piece of art in my living room signed, I'm okay with it. Cause I have the steel case, which is the classic uh, black dancing ballerina style, except it's all fuck. I you right, have right. to look at it. It's fuck. It's fantastic. But mine comes with. The, the movie Blu-ray, the special features Blu-ray, and the soundtrack. Nice. I wish... Oh man, I gotta get the soundtrack. Amazon. Uh, yeah, it's really... I, I, that's a soundtrack I'd love to have on vinyl. Um, so, yeah, if you want, like, 
a movie that is made for Blu-ray. Suspiria is that gets Synapse release. It is, like I said, out of all the Blu-rays I have, it is the best looking Blu-ray I have ever watched. And I've got tons of Arrow releases and Scream Factory releases, uh, Shameless, 88 Films, um, you know, Code Red, tons of these companies. But this is still the best looking movie I've ever seen. So, Jay, you, if you like this movie, if you can find the Blu-ray, it, I don't care how much, if it's, it's a, even if it's $30, it's worth it. It looks that Fair. good. I think Kenneth paid like 20 for his. Yeah, but I also bought mine in the midst of how, how many others did we buy? Yeah, we bought four movies, two each. Yeah, because I got that, and, and I got the Arrow release of The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, the collector's Ooh, edition. Nice. And I got, well, the original Hills Have Eyes. Not yeah, the, no, I, I assume. Okay, because uh, I got Popcorn, which is fantastic, but then I also got this shitty exploitation film for the Zodiac Killer, because I like the Zodiac Killer, but it's just fucking an awful movie. It was 100% a waste of $20. <laughs> but what yeah, are you gonna the, do? You win some, you lose. Sometimes you take a gamble on these movies, and you, you know true. you get fucked. I have a, uh, I have an Arrow Blu-ray that I've never heard of, but I like the description of, and it was cheap inside a used movie store, so I picked it up. It's called The Gore Gore Girls. Oh yeah, I know that movie. Yeah, Is it I've good? Because yeah, I saw right. it, watched it. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I was just it's like, a, this sounds fun. Tits of okay. blood. I'm in. I don't know if I bought the Arrow release of it, but it. Well, it, like I, I mean, said, it was in a used blu-ray stores or use media store how much so you was, pay for it i don't remember like 15 bucks i was like oh, well i might have paid, i might have bought that the suspiria that i have which is the two disc blu-ray with joel's artwork on the front of it it's 27.99 on amazon worth it bad. worth every penny people buy it yeah, do yeah. it and then take it to a horror convention that joel's at and he will sign it for free Ooh, reservoir dogs is six or six bucks I've got the Tarantino collection, so I don't need that shit. Um, you know what? I want I want them to release uh, the Kill Bill supercut that Japan got over here. I'm not a fan of the Kill Bill movies, so I don't need that. Well, yeah, when, when you get that, you let me know how good it is, because I am a fan of Kill Bill. Well, I don't think I'll ever have it, because it's a Japanese thing, but... Well, fucking... Actually, hey, well... Check and see if if they're if the Japanese release has English subtitles because a lot of times the Japanese do not put English subtitles on it. But um, their uh, Blu-ray they are the same region as us. Oh, so you interesting. Can, you can import Japanese Blu-rays and they will play on all of your players with no problems. You just have to be careful because Japanese it's not a very diverse country. They don't put a lot of English subtitles on shit. Yeah. Okay. Back well, they the, should, considering how many Americans exploit their culture. <laughs> well, they, if we're, they, the way they look at it, if you're going to exploit them, you're going to work for it. You're going to have to get <laughs> some guy who's fucking nerdier than you to do a fan sub for you, and you have to hope that his Japanese is good, and he didn't learn it as a fucking child jacking off to Yu-Gi-Oh! in the back room of some really weird comic book store. Yeah, fuck that shit, man. Goddamn, Japanese is so fucking difficult. I tried yeah, that yeah. shit once. Nope. Yeah. I was Not like, fuck me. this shit. I'll go back to learning how to speak German. I will go back to not speaking any other language because everyone else is too busy learning English. 
uh, here we go. So, like I said, we have <laughs> Patricia running through the woods, and, and that's kind of our opening to this movie. But then it's not over, because then we go into Patricia going into this hotel where her friend is. Um, her friend doesn't really get named, but whatever. She uh, is in the... So, Patricia is in the bathroom trying to dry up. The music starts kicking in. The window gets blown open. Her friend comes close. It leaves. She starts looking out the window. And then some fucking yellow eyes appear as the music drops a hand. The music drops. And you think, oh, okay, nothing's going to happen because it goes silent for a second. But then the Jokes hand... on you! Yeah, the hand comes through the glass, grabs her head, and starts pushing her head through the glass. Um, and somehow from there she gets taken to the roof. Uh... Somehow or another level or he something. Her, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, but he was outside. I don't know how he dragged her. Magic. Yeah, the pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, stabs her multiple times. Gets her chest open enough to stab her right in the heart. Then yeah, he ties her, throws her through the glass ceiling. And my favorite scene in the movie is when she drops. The rope comes up from her waist and snaps around her neck. Love it. I'm sorry, I really dig the heart part. Uh, the heart part was really good too, but that hanging? Oh my god, and then her friend gets killed underneath when a piece of glass goes through her face and a piece of the me- a metal bar from the structure of the ceiling falls and impales her in the stomach and or chest. Like, it is just, a like, if you're going to start off a film, that's a damn good way to start it off. That chick was a dumbass, man. You see big giant shards of colored glass and you're just going to stand there and put your hands up like, ah! She was blinded by the light. Revved up like a deuce. Blinded by the light. So, uh, Susie goes back the next day and meets Tanner, who is the... She's kind of like a, a, a middle school gym teacher. Like, how they stereotype that, like, or, like, uh, uh, the stereotypical really strict German woman. That's who Tanner is. She, she's running stuff. Elga. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Madame Blanc is the astute, uh, very prime, very proper uh, headmistress of the place. She She's running it because uh, the, uh, fuck, what do they call her? The directress... Uh, is not there. So, Susie meets all these fucking people. She meets Sarah, she meets Olga, blah, blah, blah. Uh, at one point, she is dancing, and she says she doesn't feel good, but Tanner's like, well, dance, I want to see what you got. So she does anyway, she gets sick, uh, and this right here is where everything changes, and you have to ask yourself, are any of the other uh, students part of the coven? Dance, dance, magic dance. Dance, Pumpkinhead, dance. <laughs> um, because as soon as Susie gets sick, uh, Olga brings all her shit. Even though Olga, Olga would be getting $50 a week from her if she would have stayed. And we've already seen earlier in this movie... Everyone loves money. Everyone is trying to get money because it kind of throws 
uh, Suzy off a little bit. She's not really used to that. But, uh, so it's very strange. It, 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 it's one of the questions of this movie. Is Olga part of the Covenant? You know, you don't really know. Um, same way with uh, the boy. I think his I think his name is Mark. You know, is he part of the Covenant? Captain Shirtless? Yes. Um, <laughs> so they take Susie to her room. They give her water and a doctor sees her. Dr. Vertigas. Now, Kenneth, where does that name come from? Dr. Vertigas. You have reviewed this movie on this on this oh, podcast. Oh, no, no, no. I am excited that this movie is getting a Blu-ray release this year. Oh, fuck. Oh. Buy Scream Factory with three other movies. Dude, I've got it. It's, it the must... actor is played by Bella Lugosi. Uh, from 1934. Black Cat? Black Cat? Yes, the Black yes. Cat. Dr. Vernegas is a nod to Bela Lugosi's character in The Black Cat, which is in my top ten favorite movies of all time. It is a fantastic movie, and you should uh, check it out. The 1934 version, Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff. So, uh, this room uh, that Susie gets, Sarah is her neighbor, and um, right after this we get a great scene where Susie is combing her hair and maggots fall in there. Maggots fall everywhere. That freaked me out, and I loved it. Italian people and their fucking maggots. I swear to God. so gross. Jay, are you another one of those people that doesn't like maggots? No, I just... So, it... I, how do I explain this? It was just... It was gross, and I liked it. Because it was gross. Although, I'll tell you what, I have a hard time with the uh, the final segment in Creepshow. With those cockroaches coming out of the dude. Ooh, that does it to me. I know, I hate when cocks come out of a dude. <laughs> gives you a stupid... Yeah, no, not that, but yes. Yeah. Like, Nikki can't fucking stand maggots, man. Like, like, for real. If she, like, sees any kind of scene or whatever of them moving around, like, in the Lost Boys or something like that, fucking, like, legit freaks her out. Like, she, or like, like she gags. Oh, next time she pisses me off, I am going to send her uh, a Lost Boys meme. I, okay, I don't know if she like remember it unless you show the pagoda box with fucking maggots. Oh, I'm going to. <laughs> How's but, the maggots, Nikki? Uh, <laughs> but she she legit can't stand it, man. Like when I was watching the movie, I was like, uh, yep, that's where it would stop if Nikki were watching this. She'd be like, fuck that shit. Yeah. So it turns out the whole ceiling is covered with maggots because there is a some bad food in the attic. Um. And you have to wonder, once again, is this coincidence? Is this from bad magic? Is this another ploy to make something else happen? You know? Is it a ploy to get all the girls together in one room to use their energy? Little things like that I think about when I watch this movie. Because I'm always trying to figure out what the witches are causing. What are they doing? Because they don't fully explain what the witches are doing in this movie. So it's very interesting. Um, so they all stay in the practice hall. Um, and in Maybe, this maybe it's the collective energy of these young girls that are keeping the witch at the end alive. Ah! Could we... Could they be keeping Marcos alive? I mean, that for real. I mean, question. think about that. Because, like, um, you know, the... Uh, 
the scene where you've where all the girls are in the red room where they're all like in that one spot because yeah, of the maggots. The practice hall. Yeah, when they're all in there, I mean, there is some kind of eerie shadow behind the thing that does kind of sound kind of creepy. Yes, and the great thing about that is when you you can see through parts of her, so it legit looks like a skeleton is laying there. Right. It's very creepy. Uh, Sarah wakes up from the breathing. Sarah says it's the directress because um, she's heard that breathing before, and and you know the teachers have said the directress is not there. Uh, the directress that we're all referring to is, um, is that fucking, is it Helen? I know the last name is Marcos. I think, but I can't remember if it's, I think it's Helen Marcos or Heron, Helen. Helen Marcos. I'm going to go with, I'm just going to call her Marcos because I don't fully remember. Um. Let's finish my tea. I'm, I'm almost done with my coffee. Very good. I don't have a drink. Um, well, look at that. That that sounds like you have a problem. I do. Okay. Your mother's homosexual and you oh, just need to accept that. Wait, what? <laughs> I said I do. It's opiates. Oh, I was just saying your mom will gay. But oh. whatever. Not the next be, you know. should just yell for your wife and be like, Hey, I need something to quench my thirst. Oh, there's Mountain Dew close to me. Is it uh, Diet Mountain Dew? Of course it's Diet Mountain Dew. Okay, I'm just checking on you, my diabetic brother-in-arms. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I wonder about you diabetics, whether fucking the sugar is worse than the aspartame. Hey, I drink Diet Pepsi, there's, no aspartame. There's no scientific evidence that proves aspartame is bad, though. Well, I have not done the research, so I cannot speak on but it. But that's a debate for a different podcast. I've heard aspartame is... When we get off here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find this, sir. I, I have heard aspartame is bad for the teeth, which is why I stopped. It's bad for the it. fucking brain. Uh, well, I don't give a shit about my brain. It barely works anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> um, anyway, so the next big scene we get is... Uh, there is a pianist that works there. His name is Daniel. He is blind and he has a German Shepherd seeing eye dog. Um, the Madame Blank has a nephew named Albert, and Albert is coming to the school with uh, the cook, uh, general housekeeper, maid, whatever you want to call her, um, who is the one who probably put the magic spell on Susie to make her sick earlier, by the way. In case you missed that. Put a spell on you. And now you're sick. Yeah, very. Yeah, you have AIDS. Sorry. Aww. Um, so, Daniel's dog obviously is like, yo, these are witches. I don't fuck with no witches. I'm gonna eat that little boy. So he tries to eat the little boy. We, of course, don't get to see this. It's off screen. Tanner comes in and is just a complete bitch to him. Kicks him out, throws his walking stick, like, throws a fit. Can't do that to Adrian Brody. <laughs> Wrong pianist. God damn it. Uh, yeah, this one has never been bit, been beaten up for being accused of being the son of Sam. Uh, so... We then jump to uh, Sarah telling Susie uh, to listen to the teachers. Their footsteps are leaving like they leave every night. But Susie, who is in a daze, says, no, they're going the opposite way from the front door. 
but Susie can't stay awake. Uh, and then I just want to talk about there's a scene. Sarah is sitting on the bed, and there's specifically this red light behind Sarah, and it just looks beautiful. It's just a super well shot scene. Um, we then go to Daniel, who is at a an actual German bar filmed in Germany. They they did go and shoot this this part in Germany. Uh, he leaves the bar with his dog, and we get one of the coolest fucking scenes in the movie. He is walking in the middle of the surrounded by like these giant courtroom buildings, and uh, his dog, him and his dog are walking, and the music starts creeping in. We start seeing shadows and hearing sounds, and he's kind of freaking out. And his dog's kind of freaking out. And there's these cool shadows going around that kind of look like it could be witches on broomsticks. But it's not, you can't actually tell because they're moving so fast. Which is just fucking dope. Uh, it has these great long shots and th- these amazing camera angles. Uh, and, and, and you can tell there's all these unknown forces controlling the situation. And the... Dog, his dog ends up biting his fucking throat out and eating him. Um, and it looks decent. There, there's a you can obviously tell it's a fake dog uh, mouth when they're putting it near the neck. You know what? It almost, the area that he's walking in almost reminds me of what? St. Peter's Square in the Vatican City. Oh yeah, I I read where it was filmed at, but I just don't remember off the top of my head right now. Yeah, but that's um, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, "Man, this fucking reminds me of something." And then uh, I looked it up. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I've never been to Rome personally, but uh, uh, if you've ever watched any of those movies, uh, what the fuck? What was that movie? Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, the Da Vinci Code and shit. Yeah, yeah. If you watch that, you really get a good idea of what St. Peter's Square in the Vatican City looks like. Mm. And so that's what it reminded me of. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love this fucking scene. It is just generally creepy and has some amazing cinematography. It really does. I was really, uh, really into that scene. Yeah. And this scene is followed by a scene that I hear a lot of people complain about. And it's the swimming pool scene. A lot of people talk about how this scene is, is, is useless. And doesn't do anything and is very boring and slows the pacing of the movie down. But I would like to argue against that. Because this scene specifically is there to make us feel like you're not safe anywhere in this school. You are being watched constantly. Everyone is watching. Everything is watched. Um, so the, por- the important part of this scene is Patricia gave Sarah notes. And Sarah is going to let Susie read those notes tonight. They say this quietly in this pool with no one around. There are a few shots that look like they are being looked down upon. But no one is around them to hear them. Yet, that night, when Sarah goes to Susie, who is once again falling asleep, Sarah tells her the notes have been stolen. Which is why I want to point out that a lot of people complain about the scene are missing the point of the scene. The scene is setting up that that no matter where you are in this school, the witches are watching. The witches are listening. And they're turning children into mice. They're t- actually they're That's turning a Japanese. Movie. 
This is a great fucking movie, though. We need to do that on the show. What movie? The Witches. The Witches of Eastwick? No, just it, it, it's just called The Witches. you never seen that? No, I don't think I have. <laughs> it's got a chick that played Morticia Adams in the Yeah, I was going to say now. Angelica Houston, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, it's got her in it, and like... It's about these. Uh, it's a. It's about the witches, witches from all over the world, and uh, these and these two kids. And basically, the, the thing is, is the witches hate children, and they're gonna fucking instead of killing them all, they're just gonna because you know obviously dead bodies and shit like that. They're gonna fucking turn them all into mice. That's just gonna give us a second wave of the bubonic plague. They're very irresponsible, these witches. Yeah, they may be, but the movie is fucking great. But I also don't like children, so I'm for it. It's <laughs> such a good movie. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we have um, Susie falling asleep, and Sarah's bedroom light comes on. Sarah's obviously in Susie's room. Um, and this is great, because once again, you know, it's showing that the witches are fucking everywhere. Uh, they're like cockroaches. Uh, so... There's a scene where Sue, where Sarah is right at the door and we're looking kind of up and it looks like we're looking through a light bulb. Y'all remember that scene? I don't yes. right off the top of my head, but give me a second. That light bulb is actually like a very big light bulb that they specifically made to get that one shot. <laughs> that, I love shit like that. That's so cool. Yeah. So, um, Sarah hides one piece of letter in Susie's room and then she takes off uh, and, and starts running but she's caught by someone in a very giallo moment the the one real giallo moment we have in this film because this film is not a giallo but we do see a black glove, glove killer with a straight razor uh, find her and slice her neck open she calls to a small window uh, to a room only to fall into a bunch of wire. Um, I fucking love that so much. I'm interested to see what Kenneth says because I remember Kenneth saying something about. I still stand on like my original statement about that one. I didn't like it. At first, it looked cool, but at the same time, I was like, this just. It seems like it'd be more aggravating than painful. Well, it's not razor wire. Exactly. I looked That's at it. It's saying. just random wire, so it's more likely we just kind of tangle up on you. May bruise a little bit because I'm sure it can't feel good falling on a bunch of metal wire. And it doesn't. And, and like I'm, I'm about to be there. Two seconds. All right. That's what she said. <laughs> um, and I agree that it is kind of dumb that she did the whole leap before you look thing, but the score for the scene is what makes makes it for me because it gets so chaotic and it and it it really does feel uh like i feel the craziness inside of sarah's head at this moment and like it, it even like i'm looking at it right now and and it even looks like it's just plain wire it doesn't look it like is. you know it, it doesn't look like the like the little small wire that like if you get like your fucking body hair or something stuck in it it pinches it doesn't even look like that it just looks like plain fucking round wire and so I, I don't know. I, it's just difficult for me to take the the amount of agony that this actress is portraying by laying in this wire seriously. Well, I don't necessarily know if it's agony as much as she is just fucking freaking out. But the scene where he slits her throat. Now, 
like I said, I just watched that. That looks fucking superb. Yeah, but Italians you get a, know how to do a slip throw. Yeah, you get that close-up <laughs> shot of the fucking blade going through the meat. Yeah, yeah that was a fish. Okay, well, it looked fucking great. It yeah. does look good. Um, But I don't know. I just didn't like the wire thing. I just didn't like it. I mean, I get... I, I understand the effect that they were going for, but it would have been a whole lot cooler if she'd have fell in razor wire. Then I'd be like, oh, fuck. Or even barbed wire. Then I'd have been like, god damn. You know? They were probably, when they were making it, they were just like... You know, no one will be able to tell it's not barbed wire. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. 40 years later, these fucking three bastards that are making a podcast noticed that that's not razor <laughs> or barbed wire. Uh, so, uh, Tanner claims Sarah left early in the morning with uh, uh, dude, Mark guy, uh, that Mark also, yeah, I heard her leave. So yeah, obviously... This is the point, because you asked about it earlier. This is the point where you know that that dude is part of the code. Yes, th- this is where it's, you're kind of like, I think Olga's a part of it, Mark's part of it. Um, so Susie goes and meets with Sarah's friends, Frank, and he introduces her to an- another man who is an expert on witches, and he claims uh, witches are only for harm. Uh, and Helena Marcos is the leader of the coven for... Um, this place, um, and they are under the worship of Mother uh, Suspiriana, which is the mother of size. Um, so Susie goes home, and she's pretty suspicious of her food because she finally realizes that they've been drugging her. That's why she keeps falling asleep like an idiot. Um, oh, yeah, they rosemary babied her ass. Yeah, so she goes to see Mark. Mark's not in his room. Finds out everyone went to the theater, but no one told Susie. Very interesting. She tries to call Frank, but the power goes out, and she loses the call. She dumps all of her food and uh, gets attacked by a bat for no reason. It's the cutest bat ever. I would like a plush of the bat. Can we make that happen? Yes, I will get you a bat plush. Okay. Um, I've actually got one of Mavis from Hotel Transylvania as a bat. I want a bat that looks like the bat in this movie, though. I don't want a girl that looks like Mavis. Oh, okay. We can do that. Um, so she ends up, uh, deciding to try to count the footsteps, um, and use that to find out where everyone is. So she does that. She ends up in, um, Madame Blank's office and she starts to remember what Patricia was saying that night, that she had to turn the blue iris to open the secret door. So she does, she goes down there. Now, as you go down here, (laughs) all on the walls is writing and all this stuff. Supposedly, it is all occult-related. It is actual occult stuff. I've never actually tried to check it to see if it is, but supposedly all the symbols and uh, all the writing is occult-based. The fucking... Dude, that hallway, that was where the end of it had me because I was just like, wow. I was like, that looks fucking badass. Especially when... uh, there, you can actually see it when she's kind of sliding down the wall in the writing. You can see, uh, I, 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 I don't know exactly what language it is. I, I assume that it's like Latin, but I, but I could be wrong. But you can see the word occultus going down the side. You can see her head go by it. And so I know that that right there obviously is occult. So there's something in there. So there's obviously something that's legit in that writing. Yeah, exactly. 
So uh, Tanner, Madame Blank, um, and a few others are down there talking about how the American Girl must die. And it seems like they are gearing up to do a ritual. Um, Susie kind of gets spotted by uh, Albert. So she tries to hide and she finds the body of Sarah who has her wrist nailed down with railroad spikes and has pins uh, in her eyes. Fucking loved it. Oh yeah! I, oh my God! The body of Sarah looks fucking fantastic. So does, being, man, I wanted to I fuck like it so hard. This movie. Yeah, there's not much in this movie that doesn't look good. Like it's such a visual feast. <clears throat> I really, really want to do drugs and watch this movie. I really um, want to. I'm with you. Man, I haven't done drugs in like 12, 14 years, and I'm with you. Yeah, I haven't done drugs in like twelve minutes. Yeah, and I really want to. Uh, so, uh, being spotted by Albert and her trying to hide, Pavo is sent after her. She ends up running into a room that turns out to be the room of Helen Marcos. Now, in this room, there is an homage to Dario Gento's very first movie, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, uh, as you see this beautiful peacock glass statue that's lit up and looks absolutely amazing and then it gets broken uh and then it gets broken and um uh marco starts laughing as and taunting uh suzy as she's holding the one of the feathers for uh the bird the crystal plumage uh sarah comes into the room holding a knife uh and suzy is kind of stuck between do I try to fight Sarah with a knife, or do I try to fight this invisible laughing witch? Um, but through the lightning, she can see the outline of Marcos. So she stabs her in the fucking neck with the, the crystal plumage of the bird. Um, and at this point, the Dance Academy goes crazy. Uh, Madame Blanc and all them are, are, are writhing around in pain, kind of like me after the show. Um... <laughs> The, like there, the the place is getting set on fucking fire, um, and the whole movie just kind of ends with so question her that, walking out into the rain as the academy burns. Yes. Go so ahead. since this is the first in a trilogy, do are the sequels just like like the Conjuring stuff, where it's kind of like in the same universe and sort of related, or are they like direct sequels? Okay. Um. neither both (laughs) uh you can't really like it's a trilogy they all take place in the same exact earth um and they take place in different uh cities and all deal with a different mother like the next one inferno um takes place in new york um and deals with uh the mother of no shit what is what does that one deal with? I can't, I'm trying to remember. Because um, obviously it's not the mother of tears. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. I'll do a quick research for you. Um, fuck me, India. Fuck me, this, this German guy's eyebrows, man. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's... 
it's a lot. But uh, Inferno is, is also filled with a whole lot of uh, visual stuff. It's it, same thing where it's kind of very light on it. Uh, this one um, is Mother... Uh, and Inferno is Mother Latriamrum, which is... Um, I think it was supposed to be like the beautiful Mother of one. Yeah, Mother of Darkness. Because uh, the third one, Mother of Tears, is uh, Mother Tenebronum, which is supposedly the youngest and the cruelest, but also the most powerful one. Okay, um, so so the biggest thing that links these these together is just witches. So pretty much what I just um, read really quick in Wikipedia is that. These are three, like, ancient sisters, and so each movie is about a different sister. Yes, um, but like I said, there's not really... The, the third one has the most story, and the third one's the worst one. <laughs> Fantastic. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, Mastery. Like, I, because I would honestly say, like, personally, original Suspiria is my favorite, then the remake of Suspiria, then Inferno... Then Mother of Tears way at the bottom. So, because I like the new the Suspiria remake. Uh, to me, it was a great way to redo this movie, but have it more focused on the actual on an actual story and a plot. Right. Instead of being a, this visual masterpiece. And like I said, and like I said in the Facebook group. If you're going to watch one of the almost three-hour-long movies from 2018, watch Suspiria over the house that Jack built. I like the house that Jack built. Uh, I, I think it's... I think the director forgot that there's an audience that's supposed to be watching these movies. Maybe, or maybe he made it just for me. He might have. No, he <laughs> made it just for himself. He's been very clear about that. Um. So, yeah, that is... Suspiria. It has, uh, it, it's such a visual movie. It's even hard to talk about it because, like I said, there's not a lot of plot for us to discuss. There's not a lot of depth for us to go into. Um, most of the movie is is in mystery. It is it is just a movie that you visually have to just take in and enjoy the ride. And some people complain because it doesn't have much of a story, and some people don't like the pacing. Me, I have no problem with the pasting. I think it does very well for the mystery uh, of yeah, this. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with the pacing either. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was fantastic. So, I highly recommend it. This is a movie that constantly gets thrown in the greatest horror movies of all time, uh, best of the best, ten out of tens. And I think visually, it might be the best visual horror movie ever made. Period. Throwing down the gauntlet and saying that. Fair enough. Woo! Alright, uh, anybody have anything else they have left to say about Suspiria? No, uh, it does make me want to watch the other two just to see how it all stacks up and plays out, but yeah, yeah. it was enjoyable. I'm glad that we reviewed it so I could actually sit down and watch it. I, yeah. I like Inferno. Because I, I probably wouldn't have watched it if we'd not. You know, the more that I watch movies like this, I, I really start seeing where 
and I know you got I don't know I don't know how Jay feels about it because I can't remember but I know Jerry didn't like it uh, I'm really starting to feel where the inspiration for Lords of Salem came from I've never seen it I don't not like Lords of Salem I think it's an okay movie but I can, like I said I can see it I can see where it's coming from because there's a lot of there's a lot of of shit like this in Lords of Salem the visual look of it and stuff like that. I mean, because you know the story in Lords of, in Lords of Salem ain't that great, but for, for, from an artistic cinematography standpoint, standpoint, the movie's fucking awesome. Yes, but Suspiria does it in a way that doesn't make me stop and go, "Oh yeah, this is an art moment." Right, but my point is, is that you know I'm not saying that Lords of Salem is the greatest fucking movie in the world, but I'm no, just no, saying, I'm just saying that's what what Rob Zombie failed at capturing that Suspiria has. Right. At no point when you're watching Suspiria do you stop and go, "Oh yeah, this isn't this is art. This is a movie." Like you might go, "God damn, that was a beautiful shot," but like in Lords of Salem, there's these particular points. Like for instance, there's a random music video in the movie where she's fucking with a goat or something i can't remember exactly what it is she's in a church and she's dancing with a goat or something and she's burning through the witches and it, and it, through the ditches yeah but she never drags in the back of a dragula um <laughs> but like you stop and you just go what is this all of a sudden rob zombie movie like in lords of salem you get stopped and you are reminded that this is an art piece as to where Suspiria still feels like a movie throughout the entire thing. It's only when you first watch it you're just you're you're so amazed by it. While I can admit its flaws, that's one thing. But you're right. Uh Rob Zombie definitely took from Suspiria for Lord right. Salem. That's the only thing. I just I, I feel like that a lot of the inspiration for the way he did it, you know, because you can definitely see uh, you can definitely see I'm just Argento in it, and you can also see Stanley Kubrick in it. Yeah, I'm just glad he finally stopped taking stuff from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I thought every movie he made was going to be uh, just shit stolen from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I guess we're going to find out when we see this new one that's coming out. Yeah. And for the record, I'm not a Rob Zombie hater. I, I Nope, you like... look at his movies and judge them each individually and fairly. Yes. Um... Uh, you fucking love The Devil's Rejects. I love The Devil's Rejects. I have, um, Rob Zombie so far has only makes two types of movies. A visual movie and a character movie. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, visual movie. Devil's Rejects, character driven. Uh, Halloween remake, character driven. Halloween 2, visual. Lord That's of Salem, cr- is that visual. Isn't crazy too, man? Is this oh. just like you got your first one and the sequel and they're both each style of movie that he does? Yeah. Oh, he does make a third type of movie. Shit. Uh, which is 31. Because that movie is fucking garbage. Um, and I even... I, I, oh, dude. I, I want to kind of do it on the podcast just because I want to bitch about this movie. Uh, I, dude, I'm with you. Because like I said, I bought it on Blu-ray, man. I damn... I, I wanted to like this movie. I even gave it a second and third shot. And I, Jerry knows I fucking never do that. I want to see the X-rated version that went to the MPAA three times. He won't, and he was supposed to put it out, and he didn't. He was yeah. supposed to send it out, and he didn't do it. That was actually part of uh, what some of the people that fucking gave uh, money to have the movie made through the GoFundMe or whatever that he did, and he never sent it out. And then he also 
made a fucking uh, a, it was either something on Twitter or whatever else that he said that he was going to release it and he never did he was going to release an unrated director's cut on Blu-ray and it never got released yeah the whole thing was was just a bunch of shit I I, I don't know what happened because when I didn't watch the movie when it came out Kenneth did um, and he kind of told me about the movie and I told him I didn't care about spoilers so he kind of told me about it and I described the movie without seeing it as Oh, so someone wanted to make a shitty Rob Zombie copycat movie, and it just so happened that Rob Zombie was the one that did it. Yeah, right. we, I think we talked about it when it first came out, just for a quick minute before we reviewed yeah. whatever we were actually reviewing. But I've even seen watched, it now. I even watched part of the uh, uh, what pieces that I could find of the documentary the, of the making of that came with it, because I because I also. Because I specifically wanted to watch that because I have a lot of faith in Rob Zombie and I've liked every one of his movies other than this one. Uh, Lords of Salem probably being the weakest until I watched it a couple of times. Um, but damn, I watched the making of and I still was like, I just, I just couldn't. I just don't understand how a movie can have so much interesting shit in it and be that boring. Like... And you copped out on that fucking ending. That about ending, 31 of Lord's Sale. 31. Yeah. I'm strictly talking about 31. It has so much interesting shit in it, and yet it's still so fucking boring. And that movie should have ended with the knife going into the person as soon as that fucking buzzer went off. Movie should have ended there. Should have been a fuck you, and it wasn't. It copped out with a fucking stupid ending. Uh, fuck you, Rob Zombie, right now, because you're making my hernia fucking hurt. <laughs> but like I said, maybe something way more enjoyable. Maybe he'll redeem himself with Three from Hell. I am hoping because if it, if <clears throat> if he outdid himself and he did this one as good as The Devil's Rejects, it's gonna be a good movie. Yeah, because The Devil Rejects is 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 easily top ten post two thousand horror movie of all time. Top minimum top five problem. I, I mean, and I'll be honest. I really like The Devil's Rejects, but I'll be honest. I, I, I'm one of the people that's a House of a Thousand more than The Devil's Rejects. Oh, uh, no, I'm Devil's Rejects all day. Jay, but I saw House one? of a Thousand in the theater. So, I've only watched Devil's Rejects once in the theater, and I don't think I've watched it since it came out. Wow. Wow. Yep. I can't I just, tell you how I've watched it. I, uh, but I, I want to buy the, the combo packs, like, 14 bucks on Amazon. I want to pick it up, and I'll give both of them a rewatch. But generally, if I watch a movie and the first time that I watch it, I think it absolutely 100% sucks, I'll give it a second watch. And on the second watch, if I still think it 100% absolutely sucks, that's it. I'm, so, I'm not, I don't think I'm it sucked, um, but I also wasn't... I didn't have as much of an analytical movie-watching brain at the time, and so its pace might have thrown me off. Like, I remember enjoying it, but... Apparently not enough to ever rewatch it, so it's definitely time for a revisit. Yeah, because right. it's so character-driven. It's really good. But um, if I enjoy a movie, Jerry knows I'll watch it a thousand times. Hell, my back in the day, my ringtone on my fucking phone was damn uh, when uh, Otis is the uh, I am the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. Yeah, that was on there. And then the other one that I had was... Uh, the next word to come out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit because they're definitely getting chiseled on your tombstone. That's, that's pretty good, yeah. That's fucking superb. That is one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. Yeah. Because, like, and, and it's... 
I re when I did uh, Exploding Heads, um, I had to rewatch uh, the original My Bloody Valentine. Um, and I got to watch the uncut version, or what we have for the uncut version. Because I have the well, well out of print Blu-ray that goes for like $60. Um, and dude, that movie for being 1981 is brutal and gory as fuck. If you, because you probably cannot get the Blu-ray because it, it's, it's, like I said, 40 to $60. Jay, if you can find a download of it, of the uncut version, Let's you see. need to watch it because you love 80s slashers. I and do. This, I've, so I this, know I've watched that one. I don't know if I've seen the uncut. So the Blu-ray, when it shows like all the cutout footage, they don't have, it's not mastered the same way. So it drops in quality. But it gives it this really cool grindhouse feel that makes it even more brutal. It's fucking, it's, it's great. I highly recommend JFU. Because we did that and we did uh, Night of the Creeps. Which is the better I night, of night of the movie from the 80s. Fuck Night of the Comet. It's all about Night of the Creeps. Jesus Christ, man. What? 150 fucking dollars. For what? My Bloody Valentine Special Edition. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got it sitting over here on my shelf. Oh, Jesus. I have the remake on Blu-ray. Right? I've got the remake, too, but, yeah, I've got the original. I bought it for $4 on Black Friday one year. I bought It, The Crow, uh, and Goodfellas on a Black Friday. So, uh, the, like the Blu-ray I have that's worth, like, 60 bucks, or it may have dropped now because I know Germany or wherever released the Super Special Edition, but I bought the uh, American Dawn of the Dead Blu-ray from an FYE for, like, $5. Yeah. Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, the original is getting another uh, Blu-ray release. No, the price will go down on the original then. Yeah, yeah. It's getting a, it's getting a new, better Blu-ray release coming out soon. And then if you because uh, the same down. company is also releasing Martin. Oh, cool. Which is super dope. I don't if know if this is the remake or find out. But if you look up the My Bloody Valentine Blu-ray on Amazon, and then you scroll down a little further, there is a necklace of a fucking removed penis. Wait, what? <laughs> it is a <laughs> necklace of some, of a cut-off penis a little bit further down for $0.39 cents plus $2.99 shipping. Halloween Scary Directions Horror Pro uh, Scary Decorations Horror Prop Bloody Zombie Food Body Part Organ. Alrighty then. And it's a penis. It's a penis. And then Game of Thrones, the complete seasons one through seven, Blu-ray disc and digital, one hundred and nine dollars. Oh wow, that's fucking cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Uh, well, we're we're about to finish up, but before we finish up, we've got one more thing we're gonna cover. Um, a while back, we did the first episode of the nineteen ninety-seven anime Berserk. Yeah. It's one of my favorite fucking things in the world. Um, so we decided it's, we're going to keep doing it. So we are about to tackle episode two. Uh, all right. Episode two, original air date, October 14th, 1997, which means came out on my birthday. Uh, I just wanted you to know that this episode is called band of the Falcon. Um, really? Or Taka no Dan or, well, that's the Japanese one. I don't know what the American one is. Well, no, I'm just because it's Band of the Hawk. Why would they call it the episode Band of the Falcon? Oh, um, in Jap in Japan, um, they kind of interchange Hawk and Falcon. Oh. Um, depending on who you're talking to, uh, like 
uh, Griffith kind of become eventually like they have an arc where they call it the Millennium Falcon. No, they don't. Yes, where to oh, God. Jesus Christ, I love it. Um, oh, fuck. So, yeah, so sometimes uh, in the American translations, it'll come up as Band of the Hawk or Band of the Falcon. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but, yes, in America, we mostly call it Band of the Hawk. All okay. Right. Woo! So, we start off um, with war. We're going into war. We have a uh, gigantic man named Vizuso. He is the 30-man slayer he kind at of looks this like castle. They gave him like five nicknames. Yeah, yeah Bear Slaughterer and shit. Uh, wow. So, the commander who's in charge is like, I will give any someone a bonus for killing Bazuso. No one's stepping up. So, enter Guts, and this is young Guts. This is like, Yeah, how old uh, would you estimate Guts to be? Uh, f- fifteen probably. Yeah, that's what I was thinking between fifteen and seventeen was my guess. With a fucking completely middle-aged man voice still. Yes, it always fucking throws me off <laughs> when he has this voice because I'm so good. And luckily, in the series, they have like a thing where they jump like five years, so you kind of get to go into adult guts quickly because it is very weird. Yeah. Um, so Gut steps forward with his sword, which is much bigger than most swords, because even as a kid, he had to use full-size swords. So he is always trained with bigger swords. So uh, he gets in a fight with Bazuso, and they exchange blows, and uh, at one point, Bazuso's axe swings down, and Guts blocks it with his sword, putting a nice big crack in the axe. So then when Bazuso swings towards Guts again, it hits Guts in the head, but the axe breaks, knocks off Guts' helmet, oh, helmet, and uh, oh, that burp really fucking hurt. Oh man, I'm sorry. Um, uh, and the sword goes into the side of Bazuso. I thought it was cool. It is awesome. It's badass. Even though, even though I still think Bazuso looks like Baymax. You know, he does. He's, he's, he's a nice he's a nice medieval Baymax. I'm telling you, man. I mean, it's like when you look at him in, in, in his armor that is perfectly made for a giant fat guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's almost like what I would look like if my if, if I had armor that was form fit. And damn, that's that's exactly what it looks like. And the first thing my first thought was, is, oh, it's Baymax with armor on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so watching this fight is Griffith and Corcus and Casca and other members of the Hawk uh, as they talk about uh, how strong Guts is, but he would be no match for Griffith. Uh, they decide to evacuate the fort. Um, outside the fort, after the, the battle is over and they have won, uh, the nobleman tries to uh, pays Guts and says that he was impressed. And even though he thinks that Bazuzo's death was a fluke, he would offer him a, to work for him on a regular basis eventually tripling his pay and promoting him to a ranked warrior. Uh, but Guts is like, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> and when the the nobleman touches uh, Guts to try to bring him back, Guts, Guts sends him this evil cold fucking look and is pretty much like, don't touch me, don't you ever touch me. Which yeah. is very important. You'll learn about that later on in the series. Uh, so remember that, Kenneth. Gus uh, does not like to be touched. And oh, yeah, he more. does not. He, you know, don't touch me there. Yeah, especially a man's touch. Um, oh, God. So, yeah. 
Uh, Guts <laughs> leaves with his pay, uh, walking down a, a nice dirt road. Um, and who would see him but the Band of the Hawk. And Corcus decides, hey, he just got a bunch of money for killing Bazuso. Let's go rob him. Griffith says, Griffith says you can do as you please. So they run off down there. Uh, but before they do, Casca tells them there's no way they can defeat him. Uh, they're going to die. And Corcus responds with, I'm the one that was supposed to kill Bazuso and become famous. And I won't be satisfied until I kill the Wanderer who came between me and my glory. Which Casca is just like, yeah, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh Judah, who uh, is also another member of the band of Hawk, he's kind of like a jack of all trades, uh, kind of says the same thing and is just like, Griffith, this isn't all right. We shouldn't let him go. But they do. They go off anyway. Uh, so, uh, it says Dante, but I thought I had a different name. It's Goku. Guts cuts off Goku's arm. No, because Goku as a voice actor comes back multiple times in the series yes he does but in this instance <laughs> uh, uh in in the japanese version his name is dante but in the american version his name is dan uh <laughs> and gut slices through him uh and his fucking horse uh they next send uh errol well that's not the voice that earl in the american version who loses his arm um and Guts is just fucking them up. Um, so, Casca uh, gets sent, sent down there by Griffith to take care of it. Casca, who is the best sword fighter right under Griffith, uh, also pretty much loses to Guts. Uh, even with Guts taking an arrow to the arm, Griffith comes down and blo- not only blocks Guts' uh, Guts's swing, with only one hand on his tiny rapier sword, he then sends Guts down with one swing. Um, More like a stab, really. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of, I guess, slides it down, stabs him. Little, he's got that gentle Pokes stab. Him. Yes, uh, basically. Um, and I absolutely love the music that plays. Uh, during this that starts when Griffith throws his spear to stop Guts from killing uh, Casca. I I just love it. And you also in this scene will start seeing uh, how they save money on this series by doing these shots where there's absolutely no animation. And they just kind of make the shot bigger. Pan the camera over a still image, yeah. That's a classic anime trick, though. Yeah, but the one thing I will say about the series is... It never comes off as cheap to me because it's gorgeous. It looks really good. And sometimes they actually put in these nice, like really detailed drawings uh, over it, which is really good. But usually when they do it, they will have the music playing, which which the music in this whole show is super fucking good. I agree. Um, so then we go to Guts Dreaming. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, get a little too excited over there. Uh, yeah, appropriate. Hot. Hot. No, no, this is why Guts doesn't like to be touched. <laughs> oh no, we don't have that part yet. Uh, so Guts has a dream as he is a child running from a terrifying monster. The uh, monster won't die. He runs into Gambino, uh, his adoptive father, 
uh, and to help him. But Gandino is just like, uh, I can't help you. Don't you remember? I'm, I'm a no fucking corpse. Alive. Yeah, you killed me. You ran a sword through my body. Um, so the the, the giant and all while pins, he's talking to him while the dog is giving him head. Pretty much, uh, the giant hands pin down guts while Gambino continues saying, "You were the one that deserved to die." A bunch of skeletons surround Guts, chanting, you should die, while Guts cries out that he's sorry. And I really want to take it, the image of those skeletons and, like, somehow turn that into a Kill the Cat shirt. I'm sure was, we could do it. It was dope. Um, so, once again, Guts starts waking up. Uh, he's wrapped in bandages, and you can hear him saying, don't touch me, don't touch me, when he realizes that there are uh, black eyes staring back at him. Turns out... He's been laying naked with Casca the whole time because Griffith said it is a woman's job to lay with a man to keep him warm. Now, note, Fucking I know what you're thinking. Fucking sexist. But let's keep in mind, this is this is this is uh, medieval times. Okay? Different different community back then, okay? Alright. With that being said, uh Griffith finally uh well, I'm sorry. Guts finally wakes up. He goes out there, and uh, Casca comes up, punches him in the ribs. Then Griffith comes over and asks him to come walk and talk with him. As they walk and talk, um, eventually it becomes time to fight. As Griffith is like, I want you to join the band of the Hog. And Guts is like, no, no way in hell. Um, I was In the manga, it's kind of funnier. Because in the manga, when Guts is like, uh, you can do with me whatever you want. Uh, in the manga, he's like, my ass or my sword, whatever you want. Because there's this whole implication of, of Griffith being super gay. Well, he does look like a character's menu option. Uh, okay, the next time you say some disrespectful shit about our lord and savior Griffith, you will find yourself with a stubbed toe. You won't know how it happened. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me know. I'm serious around here. Um, so they decide that they are going to have to fight it out, and the winner gets their way. If Guts wins, he is going to put a hole in Griffith's chest as big as a sword, and if Griffith wins, Guts will belong to him. And that is the episode. Dun, dun, uh, so dun. let's go to Kenneth. Kenneth, what did you think about this episode? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, in the interest of time, I wasn't able to go to the next one. Had I not had to worry about time, I probably would have. Uh, I probably would have uh, went ahead and watched the next one just to see what happened. Um, I was telling Jerry that I really like. I watched it and I was like, God damn! I just want to watch the rest of it now. Right. I mean. So, but I actually really enjoyed it. I'm really, I'm really eager to see how much of a badass that Griffith is and why he is. Um, because it, even though I made the crack about Inuyasha, it still seems like he's a very interesting character. And I'd really like to see where Guts, you know, how all this shit goes on with Guts. I mean, the two of them. Everybody else, I'm just kind of like, eh. You know, except for um, I was watching in the first episode earlier that uh, when uh, Guts was having his little fever dream or whatever else, you know, there's the succubus looking thing that I'm kind of interested about. 
Oh, uh, what's her name? Slain. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Slain. So, Slain you know, I think the... part of the god. I think the only thing that this show is missing is tits. Uh, they do have that in this show. It, it's not... This is a show that, that does... While it does have some nudity, it's not a lot, and it's only when it's necessary. They do right. not do, like, unnecessary fan service. Right, so um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, like, on this particular show, because you know how I am about the anime, on this particular show, I'm, I'm wanting the violence to make up for the lack of nudity. Yeah, there's, there is some really, really good stuff um, coming. In fact, we will probably, uh, depending on what movie we do next episode, maybe we'll do two episodes of Berserk because it doesn't take that long to go through them. Um, and it's more just about, because me and Jay have seen the series multiple times. I'm currently caught up on the manga. Um, and well, I mean, you know me, and I mean, I don't know if I, I, I could swear I have. But I don't know if I've said it before on the show. But you know me. When it comes to my anime, man, that I look for extreme nudity and extreme violence, and it's got to have one or the other. When I when yeah. I watch it, you know what I'm and saying. And I'm really picky about anime. Also, like I like darker anime. I need serious anime. I no longer am satisfied by the standard uh, Dragon Ball Z trope. Oh, um, see, shonen anime is my favorite. Yeah, I know. My brother's the same way, but like, I couldn't even watch Dragon Ball Super. Oh, I thought really? it was just I fucking, fucking love it. I'm actually... terrible writing. Uh, uh, it's the exact same shit over yeah, and is. over and over. <laughs> yeah, they, it like, That's why I love it. Every <laughs> opportunity they have to make it better, Akira Tomiyano's like, nope, I can't do that because the one time I tried to do something different, everybody got mad at me. So here's the same old shit power creep, power creep, power creep. Here's the same exact form, except this time it's red. Now it's blue. Now it's silver. Fuck out of here. It's horrible. Goku is a terrible character. Yes, he is. Give some shine to Vegeta or something. But my my point is is that, you know, I think there's only been a few times in in anime, like Dragon Ball Z would happen to be one of them, where I shied away from the extreme violence and the extreme nudity. And even then, I've, I've gotten a hold of, you know, as per most of us have, the fucking uncut Japanese versions where you actually see some cussing and a little bit more blood and occasionally a, a, a nipple. So, you know, outside of that, my anime, that's that's what I look for. You know, I can't stand watching these ones where, where you've got you know, even though it's it's interesting, but you see these the 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 these you know these chicks running around in these skimpy outfits, but you never see the nudity, and all you hear is these high pitched voices and giggling and shit like that. And I'm just like, why do people watch this? It's fucking stupid. yeah. If, if, I can't deal with anime tropes, um, so like there's a lot of those I just don't watch. Like it took me forever to watch Full uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, which was fantastic. It's yeah. an amazing series. Um, and I never watched it because I hated the few things I saw from Full Metal Alchemist. But when someone was like, well, it's like Helsing and Helsing Ultimate. It's just a remake, but done better closer to the manga. I was like, oh, well, shit, okay. So I did it, and I, and I was glad I did it, but there's a lot of enemies I cannot do. I watched season one of Bleach. Think it's fucking garbage. Watch nope, I couldn't get into Naruto. Bleach either. Yeah, Bleach is super terrible. fucking garbage. I watched um, all of Naruto. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I watched no, I things either. like um, Ghost in the Shell, Paranoia Agent, um, yeah. certain Gundams. Um, I like the the more 
political uh, parts of Gundam. Meanwhile, um, I like the one where they're Power Rangers and wrestling each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's when when perfect. me and Jay watch Gundam Wing, I'm more like, when's Trace Kush Renata coming back? And Jay's over here like, Gundam Wing got these lasers, go boom. <laughs> that's that's pretty accurate. Not to say that I can't appreciate the the story beats, but yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. And so see, yeah, I can't what... remember which one it was, but there's one Gundam where the plot was that people with Gundams were like wrestlers, and I want to say it was like G Gundam or something. It's like that. It's G Gundam where yeah. they have the Street Fighter like tournament. So yeah, much. no, I don't like it. Fucking no, it's terrible. <laughs> and see, I, like the only. Uh, it's got to be a very, very strong story to take me away from want the, wanting the violence and the nudity, like Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue was a fucking fantastic, yes. fantastic fucking anime. And Same story, guy who did Paranoid Agent. Yeah, and the story was superb. I, I mean, I bought the book, you know what I'm saying, that came out. And so that one I really, really dig. But, but you know, like one of my favorite, and I can't remember the name of it now, but the one, the, this demon is fucking this chick, and he fucks her so hard that he goddamn rips her head off. It's fantastic. Are you sure I like how there was some legend of the overfiend. Is that what that is? So it's something along those lines, like legend of the overfiend or something like that. Yeah, but see, I mean, that is what you're talking about. Extreme violence. Jay's into uh, extreme uh, Bono no Pico. No, Jay, that's not what you're into. No, every Jay says watch Bono no Pico. Nope. Uh, Don't do that. Uh, yeah, so uh, and I don't want to say something. If it was something. instead of Shota, I'd probably be into it, but that's besides the point. That, I think that's grosser. Um, <laughs> uh, because you're a straight male, that makes it grosser. Uh, oh. At least if it was Shota, you could be like, I'm in it for the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, there is an amazing anime series coming to Netflix called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes. I have bad news. It is getting a Netflix is doing a new fucking dub for it, that which is me. it does bother me because the dub the character voices for Evan Gale I know that would be like if I watched Dragon Ball Super the English dub and they changed everyone's voice. I probably wouldn't watch that, so I I feel where you're coming from. Like but I guess it's I more important as much of attachment as you do because Evan Gale is one of the greatest animes of all time, and I'm very sad that they are. Doing a new dub for it. Maybe the dub's going to be great, but I just don't think it's going to be better. Like, the dub for Neon Genesis Evangelion was perfect. Everyone was spot on. And it's one of the greatest animes ever. It is a sci-fi anime, but it deals directly with a lot of horror elements. And deep psychological elements and religion. And monsters. Yeah. Uh, it's I, fucking crazy. It's so good. Um, and see, I plan I've on never... rewatching it soon. I, and see, that's one of the ones that you and I have talked about, Jerry. I've never gotten into Evangelion. And so... Uh, Evangelion takes a bit to get through, and then uh, when you watch it, a lot of times you might come out with just going, why, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and see, you're not the first person that's ever said that to me about it. And so that's the reason why I've never really gotten into it, because yeah. I've heard that it's an undertaking when you get into it. But the point that I was making by saying that is the fact that the dub part, when it comes to Netflix, probably ain't going to bother me because yeah. I, I don't Wait, know it like you do. You know what's funny is that uh, a lot of times when, when someone's like, oh, it's going to be such, it's, it's going to be so much to take on when they're talking about anime series, they say that because it's like, you know, one of those anime series that have like 400 fucking episodes. 
the thing about Evangelion is it doesn't. It's like what 26, 26 episodes, um, and two movies. One of the movies you don't have to watch, and is then there's recap. Yeah, and then there's three other movies that is kind of the same thing as the series, but a slightly different retelling with some new characters and stuff. It's very strange, but it's very good. But the thing about Evangelion, it's not that it's it's because it's only like 26 episodes. The undertaking is the mental state you are going to be in because yes. it, it 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 is created by Hideki Anno, who holds the Guinness World Records for the most depressing person on this fucking planet. There's literally no one as sad as Hideki Anno in ever in the world. He he's it, I know a lot of you horror fans have no idea who he is. He directed Shin Godzilla. That so might be the good. only thing you know him from. Um unless you've watched some shit like Death Kappa, he was in that. But Evangelion is is a lot to take in psychological. It's a lot it's a thinker. It's where you have to think a fucking lot. Uh and you're not supposed to have to think a lot and your giant robot punch monster in the face show but you have to do it here. But that's okay, because Berserk will get into some of the same territory where uh, giant monster gets sliced with a giant sword, and we have to think about the repercussions of humanity and what we are doing to ourselves. <laughs> I, just, I just love uh, that while it's making you think like that, it's also like, well, here's some cool-ass mech fights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, But with that being said, uh, this episode of Berserk, which is what we are talking about, is a great episode we are still kind of in an introductory phase and and this is the real introduction because the previous episode shows you shit from way later down the road this episode is the true introduction to guts and griffith and Casca and the band of the hawk um and, and you'll start to get to know them and from here on we are starting the the real story what people consider the best arc of all of berserk the golden age arc so, uh, Kenneth, I, I'm excited to see how you feel about the series once we get deep into it. I know me and Jay fucking love it, and we will take any excuse to rewatch this. Um, Berserk is around. You can find it, guys. A lot of times the episodes are on YouTube. There uh, is a DVD of it, a collection. It kind of fluctuates in price. Oh, man, it so, was expensive, but my mom got it free for Christmas, and it's it's so yeah. worth it if you like the series. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's like thirty bucks, um, rarely, but most of the times it's, it's in like the seventy dollar range. Um, if you're region free, you can spend about thirty bucks and import the Blu-ray from the UK, which is fantastic. Because uh, besides the Japanese Blu-ray, it's the only way you can watch an, a high definition version of it. Um, because I think there were high definition versions of the episodes on YouTube, but I think those got taken down. But you can still find good quality episodes on YouTube. So watch Berserk. You will not regret it. Um, it's horror in a medieval setting. Uh, but it's, and it's a mixture of monsters and psychological horror and war. Um, it's, it's a lot. You, you, you will go into the depths with this show. So definitely uh, check it out and continue to watch this. And if you don't, we put it at the end of the show so you can skip it. It's true. You know, whatever you want to do. Um, with that being said, uh, make sure you are checking us out on YouTube. 
Um, I don't think I'm going to have an episode this week. I, I've just got too much stuff going on this week medically. Um, so I'm probably not going to put anything out. But uh, I'll probably do something next week, uh, depending. I don't know yet. Uh, either way, I did an, uh, a, a video on uh, Cannibal Holocaust and how the director, uh, Rogero Doradada, uh, almost well got charges of, of murder put against him for killing his cast. So check out that. It's pretty fucking neat. Um, check us out. Uh, well, you're listening to the podcast, so you already know you can check us out all over the place on that. Check us out on Facebook. We have a uh, fan page where me and Jay post a bunch of really cool horror memes. Um, and then we also have a Facebook group page if you want to get real, real intimate with us. Um, you can also check out Kenneth on Instagram. He, he is an uh, active Instagram user now with the screen name Silent Hill Biker 66 Yeah, he's got some yes, hot yes. pictures on there. Yeah. Sexy. I'm finna start yeah. posting some of Jay too. Oh, yeah. Screenshots uh, when we turn yeah. on the cameras. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, we also have shirts you can get. All these, uh, we got links in the scripture, all that. And uh, coming up soon, sometime in the near future, we're kind of in the prepping, planning phase for it. But we're going to be doing a, a giveaway box. So that will be dope. Um, I haven't quite figured out everything for that, but it's in the pre planning phase. Um, I have no clue what our next episode is because we're going a little willy nilly. Uh, for the next, you know, month or two, you know, we did our strict horror coliseum, so now we're kind of having some fun and just doing single movies. So if you got something you want us to do, let us know in the Facebook group. Maybe we'll, we'll do it. Um, with that being said, like I said, we are on Legion Podcast. Great shows on there, um, like Cinema Psyops and uh, the podcast by the Cemetery. So check out some shows on there. We love you. Um, I put a little too much emphasis on that love and that hurt. So, uh, do you guys have anything left you want to say? Uh, thanks for checking us out. I'll give a shout out to Heather, who recently bought a shirt from us all the way to Canada. That was uh, awesome to see. Oh, yeah, but I'm Canada. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know what accent I used when I said that. I that was not know. a Canadian It was like accent. German Scheiser video. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. I, it I sounded like Heather. a little Heather's bit awesome. of Minnesota in there too. Yeah, she's real cool. She supports. She really supports us, and and you know, she uh, she deserves all the credit for that. That was really fucking cool. Yeah, she ride or die. Yeah. And I'm a big fan. And she did that video with us on YouTube. It she was did. fun. The video it was a good video. Oh yeah, Kenneth wasn't in that video. Yeah, no. he doesn't know how to work webcams. He not know how to work. Game. He can do it off his damn phone. Yeah, well, That's it depends true. on what's on the other end of the webcam. You know, I can figure out how it works if there's a hot chick on the other side. All right, Heather, we need your help. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, guys, uh, fuck if I know what we're doing next. So it, it'll be a surprise to me and a surprise to you. We love all of you. Have a good night, day, weekend. If you're at work, if you're driving to work, all of that, maybe... Take your pants off while you're listening. Do a little touching of yourself to our voices. Whatever you've got to do to make your life worth living. We love you. We are out. Good night. I think I'm going to try to do that chick with the pins in her eyes. <laughs>